Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We're going the extra hour on game days during the Stanley Cup playoffs. Bob Stoffer in Ice District at Rogers Place, the Edmonton Oilers, and the L.A. Kings. Kings winning 4-3 in overtime, storming back from 2-0 in 3-1 deficits. Coming up in this hour, two guys that uh, had several battles against one another back in the day. Hockey Hall of Famer, Kevin Lowe, in about 29 seconds' time. And Los Angeles Kings longtime broadcaster, Jimmy Fox. Jim Fox will join us at 12.35. Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, and that is World of Spas. As we head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline, and we are pleased to be joined by our Oilers Now headliner today for Will Hawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Will Hawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. He's uh, been traveling a bit because uh, his son Keegan's playing over in Sweden. We welcome back to the show a man connected to the Edmonton Oilers organization for close to 40 years, Kevin Lowe. Hello, Kevin. How are you? I'm doing great stuff. Yeah, excited for the game tonight. Uh, your thoughts? I mean, you, <laughs> you're in the Hockey Hall of Fame as a player. You coached the team. You were a general manager for a number of years. You were the president for a number of years. What did you see the other night, Edmonton and L.A.? Well, it was a really interesting game. I, I, you know, quite frankly, I thought the Oilers played a, a really great game. Um, I thought they had the energy level and the uh, and the physicality and the emotion needed to be successful in the playoffs. The only thing they forgot to remember is don't take penalties. And, and um, you know, it's not even like the, the, the penalties were egregious. It's just a couple of them are a little bit frivolous. Uh, uh, I thought Zach's in the offensive zone. You know, we, it, you know, a lot of people say that's not even a penalty. And I'd say, well, why do it? Like, why even hit the guy's stick? because it wasn't impacting the play. And the point I made it make is not certainly not to get on Zach because he's such a great player for us. But it's, I'm just trying to, trying to emphasize how critical it is to be so disciplined in the playoffs not to take penalties. And if you remember, I think we took like four straight in a second or three yeah. anyways, yeah. And, and, and we killed them off. So it's not that they did a great job killing penalties, but it, it, what it does is it gives the other team emotion. It gives them energy. Yeah. I mean, we were completely dominating them until we took those three straight penalties. And, you know, eventually they're going to get you. Kevin Lowe joining us. Kevin, uh, we're going to sort of work backwards because, you know, you were we got Jim Fox coming up a little bit later on, and there's learning lessons that, you know, there's a saying you need to go through. You, you learn how to win through lo- losing in hockey. It's a crappy uh, reality, and maybe it's a bit like that in life, right? Like you get dealt some tough blows along the way. It makes you better, and you come out the other side. You guys were the up-and-coming team. You stunned the Canadians in 81. Then, you, you you know, you, you take the Islanders to six. They were an unbelievable squad in the middle of their dynasty. Then the next season, that was actually the year you took the quantum step forward in the regular season, and they shocked you. And people remember the miracle in Manchester. And you were up 5 nothing in game three. Now, you came back and won there in game four. But when you look back at that, what tough experience to go through. But were there moments even in that game where you're thinking this can't be happening? No. No question. Um, and Jimmy Fox played in those games, uh, I believe. Uh, yes. Although I saw, I, th- I see he only played four playoff games, so he might have been hurt that year. But 
Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we, we learned so much. I mean, we weren't disciplined enough. We, we then were a long way from where the Oilers are now. Uh, the Oilers have, they've had some of those. They learned right. last year. They learned in 2017. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, how do you have a 5 nothing lead and, and going into the third period and lose a playoff game? It's just, I mean, it's almost unheard of. I don't know. If, other than maybe the Leafs might have done it a few times, not to put ourselves in their category. Yeah, yeah you just, yeah, unfortunately you have to have those tough lessons. And uh, again, last night will be one for the Oilers. Or sorry, the game two nights ago will be one for the Oilers about the penalties. And I'm sure the coaching staff and the players talked before the games, okay, stay out of the box, stay out of the box, because LA does have a good power play. But it, it really, you know, they played so well for 20-odd games, and they... they they applied that same game plan uh, on Monday night. I mean, and even better, there was great emotion. The fans were unbelievable, like they always are in the playoffs. The place was just rocking. You know, I, I started to go home because uh, I live across the street and I'm 64 years old now. So when it was 3-1, I, I said, this game's over. It's, you know, and I don't normally, I'm not normally that confident in Sure enough, uh, again, a couple more penalties, and the, the Kings were and, – and then one mis- defensive zone face-off mistake, and then, um, you know, it was a game. Uh, you know, the Oilers – we were in L.A. January 9th, Kevin, and uh, the Kings won that game 6-3. Now, the Oilers didn't have a Vander Kane. Uh, Day Hernay had just been recalled. He's a great story for the organization, but he wasn't in the lineup. Bukestad and Atcolm weren't here. That's a lot of size. But the Oilers threw down in the third period of that game. Like Hyman fought uh, Terzi and uh, Pogliarvi threw a big hit and he doesn't know how to fight. And Deneau kind of worked him over a bit. And a couple guys after that fight in the second, a couple guys went up to Deneau and said, why don't you fight somebody that knows how to fight? And he didn't really seem that interested. Uh, you had Lemieux fighting Costin at the end of the game. Brendan Lemieux they ended up trading him for McEwen. But I thought the Oilers, like the record speaks for itself, Kev. They went 29-5-6 after that game. And you know where I'm going with this with you guys back in 1990. Wayne knocked you out of the playoffs in 89 after the trade. Was there a form of catharsis that occurred when you guys got nasty? In one of my favorite, I was working at ITV Sports Night with Darren Detition that night. I only had one chin. But it was one of my favorite games of your era of all time. You know, at the end of the game, there's Craig Simpson and Essa Ticket, and then they're two on one in Marty McSorley. And I was like, that's awesome because, you know, Marty wasn't going to fight Dave Brown back then. But did that bring you guys, like, does that bring a team together like that? No question. No question. And, and I mean, we're talking about this as a regular season thing that might happen occasion against a rival that, you know, you need to, they need to know that you're not going to back down so you can just have that clarified. I mean, you know, we're not talking about, guys going out and fighting in the playoffs. That's right. ridiculous. I mean, it could happen at the, at the end of a game because this is a really good series to watch because, you know, they're, they're two good teams. I think the Oilers are a better team. They should win the series. Uh, but, you know, you gotta you got to win for it. you got to lose for it. But um, there is a lot of emotion. They, there's definitely a distaste for one another, and uh, that just makes it that much more entertaining for the fans. Kevin, did you guys hate the Kings back then? Well, not as much as the Flames, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, they beat us, and, and uh, they were never cocky about it. They had a lot of classy guys on the team, you know, Dave Taylor, Marcel Dion, Charlie Simmer, those types of guys. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, it was it, – it was, uh, and they were a pretty good team. We were just a better team, but 
But, uh, yeah, any time you get beat, just sort of you, you have a dislike for the opponent. All right, I'm going to take you to uh, 91 and 92. You guys opened up in the road, both those series against L.A. Did that help you, do you think? Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a big question about starting on the road, starting at home. I mean, I really believe in... The seventh in a four to seven series, if you have home ice advantage, it's a big advantage. I think I, I think the home team wins seven or seven out of ten times in a game seven. Uh, but otherwise, it's you know if you're good, the orders are I think are a good road team because you know even in the in the regular season it's it, it's perhaps a little more of a, of, of a you know swing, but in the playoffs it's you know it's it's pretty close. The Kings are going to play the same game in their own building than they do here. They're not going to change anything. And, right. And, uh, you know, sometimes guys can be a little tighter, especially if they get behind playing at home. You know, they're, they're, they're afraid the next mistake, you know, means the game could be over if they get too far behind. So it's when you play at home, it's nice to play with the lead because uh, you play a little looser and, you know, you got a little more energy. But, we're you know, it's, it, this is minutiae. It's not – in the playoffs, man, you're going hard regardless of where it is. Uh, you mentioned the fans. Craig Simpson referenced that as well. I mean, it was it was an awesome – it's funny, right, because in the regular season, you know, this is a very knowledgeable fan base, Kevin. But come playoff time, it's almost like fans become fans again, right? Like sometimes in the regular season there's games where, all right, well – you know, entertain me, and come playoff time, they're ready to go, and they're part of the entertainment factor in the actual game. That they are, yeah. And it's, it, you know, it, um, in the 80s, we noticed it more because we're winning and the building could be at times quiet in the regular season. Not that we did, you know, not that the fans weren't enjoying what they saw, but come playoff time, it was a whole other story. And, and, and now it's it, it's uh, the building. You know, Rogers Place is generally a pretty rocking place, even in the regular season. But but it's it's at another level in the playoffs. And uh, I don't know. Uh, you you saw some of uh, Clem Costin's comments uh, uh, in the Athletic about you know he was just like bouncing around. Uh, I remember experiencing that as well the first the first few times and thinking, wow, this is this is really. So it's almost too loud, you know, sometimes, but, but uh, don't for a second think uh, to the fans, you know, please keep it up because it makes a big difference. It really does. It, uh, it, uh, it gives you the energy. You know, in the regular season sometimes if, if the team's kind of not playing well at home, the fans can kind of get a little groany. But, you, but in the playoffs, you know, you, you could be down 3 nothing. The fans don't lose their energy. And, and a lot of times that's enough to – to, to, to allow the team to come back in the game. So uh, uh, full kudos for Edmonton. It's, they're really, uh, you know, not just because we're here and, and we're part of the city, but I, I, I don't know if there's any louder building in the league. No, no I, I agree with you. All right, hey, I, I remember you did a speech uh, for the University Cup back in 2005, and you, topped, you talked to the uh, – to the Golden Bear players that year, and they'd gone to nationals. Uh, they'd won in '99 and 2000. The next four years, they went in number one ranked and lost the national championship. Uh, Dustin Schwartz was on those teams, and um, you spoke about you know you, you you referenced chapters in a book, and this is the chapter where you overcome, and that was part of your New York Rangers storyline during that 1994 run. 
is that something that comes with experience? You realize that there is going to be adversity and some bumps along the way in every team's pers- – I mean, think back to 1990, Kev. You guys were down 3-1. Billy Ranford was a relatively inexperienced goaltender uh, at that level. Dave Ellett scores in double overtime. I don't know if you guys thought you had it to come back. Not only did you come back, but you won 15 more games and won the Cup. Yeah, the the – no question in your question. Your question was, uh, uh, does that uh, you know come with experience? And it does. And I, I think these guys have had enough experience now, uh, especially the core guys like Nuge and and Connor and Leon and Darnell that have been. I mean, new, like core meaning the guys have been here for a bit. They've had like like the Colorado series is a good example. I don't think that series was as lopsided as a four nothing sweep suggests. Uh, I think there were some turning points in, in the games. You know, we were a little banged up, et cetera, et cetera. But, but you learn. I mean, those guys would, I'm sure, would have walked in the dressing room last night or two nights ago and would have said, you know, they would have emphasized the penalties. That's what cost them. But I also would, would hope that they'd be emphasizing, no, no, we, we played a smart, we played a good game. We, we delivered the game plan. We just, you know, we just were a little uh, frivolous on, on, on our actions, which which put us in the box, which cost us a game. So, I, I hope that they, um, you know, that, that they just they press the repeat button for tonight and um, and um, you know a few more goals, uh, fill the net uh, would be good. But um, you know they're they're to me they're ready to to have a long run here, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens in, in the coming weeks. Agree or disagree with this statement? This is the deepest Edmonton team and best Edmonton team since the 87 and 88 Oilers. I know you guys won the Cup in 89-90. I know Don Sherry loved your team halfway through the year. But Wayne and Mark weren't on the team that year. And this team has McDavid and Drysaddle, a lot more depth, a lot bigger defense. You've watched it as closely as anybody over the last 40 years, Kevin. Is this is this team as deep as uh, – is this the best team maybe since the late 80s team? What do you think? Well, I haven't gone over year to year uh, to compare, but the way they played, you know, particularly after the trade deadline when they got Matthias Ekholm and, and, and uh, Bukestad and added some size, and by then DeHarnay had settled in. And, um, you know, they – this looks like a really good team. And, and I guess the other piece was that Stuart Skinner was playing some pretty great goal for them. Uh, um, Jack Campbell gave, gave them some goal, good goaltending at, at the end of the season. So, yeah, it, it, I mean, I, I rarely say to people, you know, that I think a team can win a cup. I, I generally say I hope, and, you know, you're going to need some luck along the way, which you always do. But I believe, well, I, I believe this team can get to the finals. And uh, that's because of what you're talking about. They have, you know, they're pretty deep through the four lines. They got size. They got high end skill and talent. And they're playing with more discipline and, and more, you know, more energy. But they they got to do it every night. They got to do it every shift uh, because it's you can see like the 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 the, the, the Kings seem to be skating in sand there for part of the game just because the orders are so dominant. But, again, uh, a, a few little mistakes on, on the penalty side, and that changes things. So you you, all, you have to play a perfect game. You have to you have to go, uh, I guess it would be like winning the Masters. You, you, no bogeys. Uh, you got to keep the ball in the fairway. 
Final one for you. We, we mentioned that you've been going to Sweden. Keegan is playing where in Sweden? Yeah, he plays for the uh, Vekwa Lakers in the SHL, and they, they finished first this year, and they're in the finals. They're up 2-0. Uh, they're playing against Skellefteå, and, uh, yeah, I've enjoyed watching early morning games, and uh, I'm looking forward to going to see him possibly win a championship here in the next week or so. Sweden, uh, Keegan scored an, an overtime, a double overtime game winner in one of, the, one of the opening games of the series? In the first game of the series, yeah, double overtime, and they asked him what he thought, and he said, well, it was brutal honesty. He said, uh, I never thought I'd be the guy to score this goal, but I'm awfully happy I did. Uh, Joel Person, who's with the Edmonton Oilers for a season, he is a right-shot defenseman. Uh, there is a six-foot four left shot D. This guy's been mentioned by multiple sources out there. It's believed as many as 15 teams looking at him. He's a, I'm trying to think of who drafted him. Uh, Hardy, is it Hamana Tell? Is that the player's name? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. He's a good player. It's 24 years old, a little bit of a late bloomer. Originally drafted by Nashville, but he broke his leg as a, as a, in his draft year, and it took him a little while, but he's a big guy, moves well, shoots well, uh, defends well, and, uh, and I understand there's there's a whole bunch of teams trying to get him. All right, great stuff. Kevin, thanks for joining us here in Oilers now. Enjoy the game tonight. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Jonas Corpusalo against Stuart Skinner. Once again, the goaltending matchup. Uh, Corpusalo, 39 saves on 42 Oilers shots. Skinner, 31 on 35. By Stuart's own admission, thought he could have played better, thought he was okay. Kamek has Texas on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. And Kamek says, Bob, the Oilers played 40 solid minutes. They own the physical game, and we love to see that. Had a lot of good nights from a lot of good guys. I don't like, didn't like the OT penalty call, but still, the Oilers gave up the lead going over time, so it shouldn't have happened. Let's hope the boys can play a full 60 tonight. You heard Kevin Lowe on, and he's just uh, he's just saying, um, hey man, too many penalties. This text goes, Bob, why do you keep bringing up those Oilers series wins decades ago? Most listeners weren't even born then. Let's deal with the current edition, or uh, let's talk Avco Cup winner. It's not the Oilers. Well, I mean, in, you have Kevin Lowe on the show. He was involved in the miracle in Manchester. He was also involved in uh, the galvanizing moment, February 28, 1990, one of the most penalized games in NHL history. And there is a comparable to what happened with Edmonton this year in Los. These teams don't like each other. Greasy Jim. First of all, I, I just got to say Greasy Jim. I love the handle. Love that Kalo still uses us and we. He once said he bleeds orange and blue and it sounds like he still does. You can text us on the uh, Ashley Fine Floors text line. Uh... Trucker Joe says, Bob, did you hear the love you received on spitting chiclets? I was so pumped uh, to hear the boys talking about our own city, the professor, Bob Stoffer. You deserve it. <laughs> well, thank you. That comes to us from Trucker Joe. You got some love on uh, NHL Network Radio this morning as well. Who was on, Jack? It was, uh, they were talking about Jack and you as the broadcast team on um, Mick Kern and Peter Burst there on the, uh, whatever they call that one, the morning checkup. Yeah, well, that's nice of them to do. I think they had Jack coming on. Uh, This texter comes in saying, hey, Bob, uh, we will see a different team. They are mature enough to learn and adapt quickly. Oilers 5-0, says the texter. With Fogel, Connor with two, Drysaddle and Buke said, never lose belief. 
Just get the win. That's all I have to say. Just get the win. It is 228 in Edmonton. We'll head off to a global news weather and traffic update with Randy Kelburn. Jim Fox has been with the Kings organization as either a broadcaster or player for over 40 seasons. He will join us when we return. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.